So good morning, and thank you for joining us for this webinar on Pitches Tankers. With me this morning is Eddie Relentes, the CEO of Pitches Tankers. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, James. James, before you start, let me thank you and, uh, and Eddie for joining. I'm uh, Nicholas Borners of CapitalLink, and I would like to welcome you to today's uh, webinar. Today's webinar is uh, a live one-on-one -on -one discussion between uh, the chairman, CEO and uh, of uh, Pixis Tankers, Mr. Eddie Valentis, and Mr. James Yang, the uh, director of global research at uh, Universe uh, uh, Securities. And uh, I would like to thank them both for, for joining. Uh, I will uh, let the discussion continue. Just for disclosure uh, purposes, uh, Capital Link is the investor relations advisor to Pixis uh, Tankers. And today's webinar is being conducted for informational purposes only. It does not constitute uh, investment advice or advice of any kind. Uh, please note that you can submit questions live during the <coughs> webinar and uh, James and Eddie will pick them up uh, and reply. And without any further delay, uh, James, the floor back to you and uh, Eddie and James, thank you for being with us. All right, thank you for that. So Eddie, uh, to begin, can we start with a quick background on Pixis and the current fleet composition? Hi, James. Hi, Nicholas. Thank you for uh, inviting me to this webinar. It's a good opportunity for us to expand a little bit on the, on the company and, of course, give you a little bit on the market as much as we can, because as you see, all this uh, COVID situation and the variance is changing day by day and uh, it's affecting our industry as well. Uh, regarding the company, James, uh, it's um, Pixis uh, Tankers is, um, is listed at NASDAQ. The ticker is PXS. We have been listed since uh, 2015. Um, uh, it's been uh, six years that we've been public, but we have not done a lot of transactions, mainly because uh, uh, the market has been a very, um, let's say, slow uh, Tanker market has not been very active during the last six years, and the capital markets have not been appreciating the, very much the, uh, the story. Um, the stock has been uh, trading, um, has been volatile over the last six years. Whenever we found the opportunity, we were able to, ra to raise capital, meaningful capital, and we have done uh, significant transactions, especially the last year. Currently, the fleet consists of six vessels, uh, six product tankers, uh, mainly a Mars. Uh, this is the segment that we would like to focus in. Uh, we're focusing and we would like to focus more in the future. The MR, the MR2, the 50,000 deadweight vessel is, we consider it to be the workhorse of the industry. Uh, it's the largest segment of the product tanker um, uh, sector. And it's a more versatile vessel as it can fit most ports in the world and, then, and can carry uh, most many products. Our vessels are IMO3 category, which means we have a variety of cargoes that we can carry. Great, thank you for that. And so you've, you mentioned the MR2s. Uh, for the past, I would say year and a half, there's been a lot of chat around LR1s, uh, a lot of larger product tankers. Um, can you give us a little different, on what the differences are between the MR2s and the, and the larger LR1 and LR2s. And while you think that the MR2s are a better bet, is it because of the operational efficiency or like you mentioned, the other largest fleet and they could, or they could dock in any port in the world? What, what are some 
positives that you can tell investors about the MR2? Well, exactly. I mean, uh, the MR2 is medium range tanker. It, it, it says, the word says it all. It's the medium range, the medium sized vessel. It can fit most of the ports of the world and can go to most term oil terminals in the world. Um, it's um, it currently the fleet consists of approximately 1600 vessels. Um, and it's the majority of the sector of the product tanker sector. The LR1 is the immediately next bigger size of product tankers. And of course, the LR2 is the, currently the biggest um, product vessel, product tanker vessel uh, in the market. We're not ruling out any of the other sectors, but for the, for the meantime, uh, we want to um, focus on the, in the MR. We know this market. And the market knows us about uh, MR operators, although a small company, I must tell you that we have significant clients and um, um, devoted clients. Great, thank you for that. So uh, I think it would be best to categorize Pixis as a product tanker company for now, because you don't know if you'll go bigger or smaller later on, right? But the, the refined products, the product tanker trade, this is where investors should turn to when they're looking for this segment of shipping. That's correct. We are uh, mainly in the product sector. We do refined products. We do not do crude. Uh, so it's, a, it's, as you said, as you explained it very well, it's a refined product uh, carrier. Excellent, thank you. And so, uh, you know, recently uh, you guys have been active. You announced two acquisitions, one closed, one should be closing. Uh, you purchased the 2013 built Carthaginia and the 2017 built Lambda. So, with these two modern tonnages coming into the fleet now, um, do you look? For, are you looking for more opportunities uh, now, or as we move into 2022? Or are you kind of happy with the fleet composition at this point in time? Well, uh, definitely, we are grow. We want to grow. Uh, we have been, uh, you know, uh, we are a growth company. We have stated that in the past and nothing has changed. We've, we've been given the opportunity and thank, we thank very much the shareholders and the investors for giving us the opportunity this year to raise meaningful capital and be able to acquire, as you said, two vessels. In the meantime, we also restructured our debt. So we, we have a very low cost of financing cost at this moment. So we've, we've done moves, although the market has been dreadful this year, we have done some moves in order to, to bring the company into the, its new position and take advantage of the fundamentals as we see them developing, especially we were hoping end of this year, but with the COVID uh, variations, etc., we don't know, but we definitely think that be the beginning of new year, we would like to be positioned with a fleet of modern MRs. And this is just what we did. We acquired two vessels. Uh, I must say the one vessel counter cyclically, the Carteria, as you said, which was added to the fleet back in July. And we, have, we, we, we believe that we did a very good acquisition now, acquisition now by acquiring the Lambda, a four-year-old MR, very modern and very eco-friendly MR. Okay, excellent. And, you know, just a quick overview on the two purchases. Um, I know you financed them with uh, bank debt and cash on hand. Uh, are lenders open to shipping again? 
Well, yes, uh, they are. Uh, okay, they're not as active as they used to used to be. Uh, but uh, um, I must say that, uh, especially, uh, Greek banks uh, have opened uh, for shipping again, and uh, we are very happy with the transactions that we we've, we've been able to do this here with a specific lender, Alpha Bank. Um, uh, I must say that we see activity also in other in other European banks. Um, so, uh, as far as uh, ship strictly ship financing banks are concerned, I see a lot of activity, more activity than uh, in the past years. Excellent. All right. So, uh, you know, going back to going back to these two uh, vessel purchases, you know, how do they compare with what's being marketed uh, on the S and P market now? I mean, you know, in terms of, I guess, not just value but specification and why you chose the car to be in the lambda versus what might be available to other ship owners well uh, as you've as you've noticed we've chosen to acquire uh, eco vessels uh, 2013 built carteria is first generation eco vessel and the lambda which we are we will be soon be getting to the fleet is a third generation eco vessel so it has the the features that uh, charters will be looking at in the future. As you know, a lot of uh, environmental uh, regulations are coming, especially next year regarding emissions. Mm -hmm. And therefore we believe that the fleet should um, um, comply with, uh, with these uh, um, regulations that are coming. And these vessels are, uh, we believe will be very competitive in the new chartering environment, which, which will prevail in the especially in the end of next year. Um, uh, they are considered more modern vessels, eco vessels, and environmentally friendly vessels. Excellent. And do you believe that could be a reason why there has been elevated scrapping for the MR2 vessels this year? Is it because of the environmental regulations and ship owners don't want to invest the capex, or is there some other factors as well? Well, definitely the market has been very disappointing, especially for older tonnage which uh, might have to go to undergo uh, special surveys, whatever, fourth special surveys, 20 years of age, et cetera, especially is a very sensitive um, um, dry docking. And therefore this is a substantial cost. So some uh, owners um, and rightly so, they have decided to scrap their vessels instead of taking a costly exercise without a certain outcome because the, vessel, the market has been very, very volatile this year. So we've seen so far, I think, uh, if our numbers are correct, we've seen 32 MRs going for scrap uh, since the beginning of the year. And this is the highest we've seen in the recent years. And so with you know this elevated level of scrapping, and it seems like the order book is fairly muted. We're looking at you know close to 8% in the order book. Um, how do, you, how do you view this shaping up for the next two to three years? Not even really long-term, but medium-term. Uh, if everything stays the same and with the more order book muted and scrapping levels to increase, what should that ultimately do for the, for the whole fleet? Right, I mean, the, regarding the order book, um, I mean, our sources say that the, uh, the order book is around 6% uh, overall uh, without taking into consideration scrapping. So we have estimated that the annual increase in the fleet would be in the region of uh, 2% for 2021 and 2022, which is a very comfortable uh, level. Uh, considering that we anticipate oil demand, according to IEA, 
for next year to pick up at around three and a half percent. So you see that the uh, demand supply uh, equation is um, very good, very, very promising for the future. Um, now regarding new buildings, uh, I, I don't really see the, the reason of placing new buildings today. First of all, the prices have escalated substantially since last year. We've seen the prices escalating up around 15%. So for a modern MR now in South Korea, you have to estimate that you, you will be paying 41 to 42 million for delivery end 23 or beginning 24. Um, so, and with the technology, which is um, in question mark, because the existing technology is changing. Um, uh, the, the fuel question, uh, what fuel this vessel should be um, burning in the future is still uh, undergoing. It's a big discussion and still not clear regarding especially the medium range tankers, the smaller vessels, it's not very clear which will be the prevailing fuel for the future. So placing today an order besides the price is a bit risky, um, considering that the technology will be rapidly changing in the next couple of years. Okay. Oh, and leading to that, so in terms of fuel, if you could tell our investors, you know, what, what fuel, you know, your, your fleet is currently utilizing um, and how the, the echo modifications are helping uh, Pixis. Yes, I mean, uh, the, uh, obviously we're burning low sulfur fuel. This is the regulation as from the 1st of January 2020. Um, and of course, this was a big, back then it was a big story for us. And if it wasn't for COVID, I think that the tanker market would be completely different, but that's another story. Um, so we're burning the uh, compliant fuel, obviously, the low sulfur fuel. And um, um, uh, all our vessels, except one, are eco vessels. Uh, and the one which is not eco vessel, we, we have modified it as eco vessels. So we have um, upgraded with um, all the fuel saving devices. So again, we are uh, uh, being proactive and we are looking into uh, the future and we are trying to bring down our um, um, consumptions and emissions the lowest possible level. Thank you for that. And so, you know, we touched upon COVID a, a bit and it seems the tale of COVID is going to last a bit longer than we expected. Um, but there does seem to be some positive short-term aspects, uh, the polar vortex in the Northern hemisphere uh, well, and also the Beijing Olympics. How do, you, how do you feel these two dynamics could help? Uh, the tamal demand for product increase? Really, I mean, uh, James, thank you for the question. I mean, we were really hoping, looking at the transportation fuels, which is a major, a major cargo for us, and the pickup in activity, the acceleration of vaccination process during the last, especially in the last eight months, and the um, increased mobility of uh, people, especially in the OECD economies, we were really uh, thinking that we are turning the corner soon, looking also at inventories, which are, which are at five-year averages or below five-year averages. We're hoping that really this is the change also, besides container market, bulk carrier market, which you see they're very active. We were hoping that the tanker industry, it's really happening. Now is the, it's the time to do it. Unfortunately, uh, we have now the new variant and this is posing things for a bit. Um, 
So, uh, uh, although I would like to be very optimistic and tell you a lot of things about the market, the market and why I think that the, the next months will be uh, great for the product anchor industry, unfortunately, we have to be very cautious because, as you see, the variance is something that we have no control of. So, that's interesting. Um, so, let's say things do start to, I guess, get better, right? Regardless of COVID uh, in 2022. Uh, mm -hmm. So, let's say uh, MR2 spot rates average 12,000 per year, which is close to the five year average going back from now. Um, what do you think will happen to asset values? And, you know, would this signal to the market that the market is still in the trough or? Do you think asset values will still pick up if it's 12,000 per Well, uh, I will tell you what's uh, happening this year. And despite the very volatile market uh, and uh, let's say depressed market, it's not only volatile, it's depressed, let's face it. Uh, asset values have reason. Uh, for example, since we bought the Carteria 2013 first generation eco vessel back in April uh, for 20 million, uh, since then, uh, prices have um, appreciated, and this vessel now is worth uh, in the region of 22, 22 and a half. I'm, I'm not so sure, but I have to check it again. But I'm, the prices have increased, and this this is in anticipation of a better market. Everybody was expecting that the product tanker market, especially the eco vessels, will do much better by the end of the year. Now, if you're asking me what a 12,000 uh, rate would do for asset values, I don't think it will move the needle. The important thing is to say that there is a momentum in the market, that the, this is sustainable, and therefore we will see asset values increasing substantially, considering also that the order book is at a very, very reasonable level. You know, that, that's for 12,000. Uh, we were estimating close to 17,000 for a standard MR uh, for next year in 2022. Uh, if there is a sustained 17,000 average for 2022, um, what do you think that is for investors to understand? What kind of signal is that to the market in terms of asset values and in terms of earnings power uh, for product tanker owners such as yourself? Uh, you said, sorry, James, you said 17,000, correct? 17,000. 17. Standard, that's, yeah. yeah, that's what your projection. Uh, well, I, I have to say that's it's a, a nice rate, uh, considering also that, uh, you know, uh, it depends on each company's uh, uh, total break even, but we believe we have a very comfortable break even. And therefore, with the 17,000, we will be realizing significant cash flows. And therefore, we consider that this, this, uh, this is a good rate. Although we are hoping that the market will be much much higher than that, but this it's a good rate. I don't know. I cannot tell you what it will do for asset values, but definitely since you've seen that this year with a very bad market, asset values have risen. With a good market next year, asset values will rise even even more. It goes without saying. So we're we're comfortable that a seventeen thousand average next year is a healthy market, healthy cash flows, and we, it's a it's it's a good investment um, um, uh, to be in the product tanker in the generally in the tanker segment. So if you know if seventeen thousand is a good market. Um, and as value should uh, grow along with it. At, at what point do you does Pixis take a step back in terms of fleet growth on the second hand side? Uh, because 
you know, theoretically, you know, asset values on a modern tonnage should be fairly high. Um, do you, do you, when do you switch to new builds and, you know, other ship owners as well? At what point do rates and asset values kind of push you to get a new build vessel versus going on a secondary market? Well, uh, for us, public companies, uh, it's all uh, related to uh, share price. Uh, as we have proven uh, over the six years that we've been public, we have, we have always raised capital um, at significant premium to NAV. So uh, this is what the model is, and this is what we will follow also for the future. We will not uh, dilute shareholders. This is the model. We will not do it. Um, so whenever we have the opportunity to raise meaningful equity and made, make a, an acquisition which makes sense price-wise, we will do it. And we've proven that this year with the two acquisitions that we've made. Now, um, the, the latest acquisition, we've done it with a, 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 a mixture of uh, cash, shares, so, you know, if that is the case going forward, we will, we will also consider it for other acquisitions. We are not ruling anything out, but it has to make sense. And uh, it has to make sense financially, make, my, must make sense asset-wise, and of course, quality-wise. We will, we, we will definitely be looking at modern eco-vessels. Regarding new buildings, as I've said earlier, this is not something we are looking at, unless you tell me that there is a very interesting uh, technology around the corner, and it might be a good opportunity for Pixis to diversify and uh, show um, that it's moving to a new sector, which actually uh, is the prevailing sector going forward. Okay, thank you. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, yeah, you, you, you guys have done a, a pretty good job raising capital, like you said, above NAV. Um, there has been a lot of shipping deals done uh, since 2019. Uh, different sectors of shipping, but there, you know, there were some problem taking orders. Um, so just to kind of let our investors know about Pixis, you will not do, do those types of finances that they've seen. Yes, James. I mean, I, I, it's all about our track record. And, uh, you know, we've proven uh, th that this difficult for tanker market uh, years, six last, last years, year. we have been very patient. And, uh, you know, we've uh, steered the vessel towards the right course. And this is what we will do according to our to what we believe. We will not change direction. We will keep the course. And um, uh, I'm sure that we will find the opportunity to grow the company the way that we anticipate and we all envision. Hey, thank you for that. So, you know, let, let's switch gears up now to uh, the, the market. Um, what, is, what is in your mind, right, or your opinion, are the greatest risk factor that could disrupt the product tank market on a Tamil basis? And also, you know, with this, with new COVID variants coming along and, you know, there's poor restrictions and there's logistical displays, you know, this is, this is really for your opinion. What do you think in terms of the logistical displays will be continuing next year? And you know, what are some risk factors that could disrupt any Tamil demand growth for product tankers uh, next year? 
but James, uh, I know you are uh, you have time limit, but I will try to be as short as possible uh, on that. Uh, definitely, COVID, as I've repeated many times during this uh, discussion, COVID is the unknown factor, and uh, we cannot rule out that new variants will be coming throughout the beginning of next year. It's very important to see the acceleration of vaccination process in non-OECD countries. Uh, as you've seen that the new variant comes from such a country, therefore we need to see the acceleration of uh, 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 vaccinations in order to feel more comfortable that we will see a market which will be turning and turning soon. Now regarding the fundamentals, I don't need to be repeating them. The transportation fuels are on the rise. Of course, uh, seasonality for us is very important, and uh, uh, heating oils, etc. And considering also what's going on with um, uh, LNG prices, coal prices, etc., uh, I'm sure that uh, we will see uh, a, a switch in heating oils as well very soon, and this will be a, a very uh, a demand which will be also in compared to the winter that we will be facing in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, so um, um, uh, this is a significant uh, uh, timing for us, winter time in the Northern Hemisphere, where we are actually having substantially more demand for uh, transportation of uh, heating fuel. So um, and on, the, on the other side, if you're looking at long-term fundamentals, definitely, uh, I mean, we see new refinery capacity coming in the Middle East uh, and Asia. Uh, we see less refinery capacity in uh, OECD countries. Therefore, we consider that uh, ton mile demand will increase in the future. Mm -hmm. And of course, you have all the other factors which will uh, uh, play a role, i.e. Uh, um, uh, uh, depleting uh, um, um, reserves, uh, inventories, uh, so uh, gradually we will see a normalization of trading or refined products. And in addition to uh, a decelerating uh, uh, um, uh, COVID situation, I think this is a, will be very positive for product tankers going forward. Thank you. Thank you for that, Eddie. Um, we have uh, two questions. Uh, so I think we, should, we might have time to answer these. Uh, can you tell us what the dry docking schedule for 2022 is? Uh, don't have that handy. We can uh, not out of my head, but uh, I don't think we have something for 2022. Uh, I have to cross check it. Sorry about that. So the next one is uh, this, this is a simple one. Uh, what is the share price for the shares to be issued to Mr. Valentes in the Lambda transaction? Yeah, uh, this is a very important question. Uh, um, the only thing I can say for the for specific question is that the uh, our share price it is trading at a significant discount to an EV. So unless we see uh, the stock price appreciating at a uh, substantially bigger um, uh, number, we will, we will not, we, will, we are hesitating to do any transaction in the capital market. So we will wait until the share price will appreciate to where it should be. So another question that came in, uh, if the stock stays below a dollar, when will a reverse stock split be required? Um, yeah, the, we have a, a, a limit, a certain limit 
uh, uh, um, which we could trade under the dollar. And uh, if we exceed that, of course, prior to that, we can ask for an extension from the um, stock exchange from NASDAQ uh, mm -hmm. uh, in order to uh, uh, have another uh, six months in order to rectify the stock price. So for the time being, we're not considering any reverse split. And just to be clear, and I'm, I'm sure uh, all the, the investors want to know, uh, you guys have not had, Pixis has not had to do a reverse stock split. Uh, Correct. Correct. We've never had a reverse stock split. The, 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 never. And just going back to, I guess we have a question on Lambda transaction. So it was cash, stock, and, and, term, and a term loan. And uh, 3 million worth of shares were issued to, to you for, for the uh, for the private party transaction for the Lambda. Uh, can you talk about the, the VWAP and the extra steps that you you and the board took uh, for the Lambda transaction? Well, thank you. That's a very specific question, but I've, uh, we will tell you that the VWAP was uh, calculated five days before the PR uh, release and five days after the PR release. So the average of 10 days, five before PR, five after PR in order to be on the fair side in case the, the, the stock price started moving after the release or after the press release. And we do not have any other questions. Um, you know, so before we leave, I, I, you know, it, it, we'll just talk about one thing. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of news around around tankers and you know we made it clear that pixis is a product tanker company and not a crew tanker company yep. um but we know that they are linked they're you know you can't have refined products without crude and, <laughs> and the crude market has been beat up for a bit uh 22 also looks looks there could be a glimmer of hope from where we are now because you know the crude tanker market is is pretty depressed um what type of signals should investors be looking for uh, on the cruise shipping front if they want to get ahead and you know invest in a product tanker company? I will. Uh, I'm hesitating to reply on this question because I don't want to give the wrong signal. Um, but I, the only thing I can say is that also we've seen signs of improvement in the crude market as well. Um, so crude tankers have been doing better, at least in the last uh, two, three weeks, um, some sectors. So uh, we've seen signs of improvement also in the product uh, sector. It, it didn't last a lot, uh, long, because also of the uh, uh, developments in the COVID front. Uh, but we've seen signs of, of improvement. And uh, therefore, the only thing I can say to investors that are uh, uh, looking at this relationship between crude and product is to uh, um, uh, follow each, each um, public company's announcement regarding fixtures, time charter fixtures, and compare them with uh, previous time charter fixtures before in the, in the year. In that way, they will get the feeling of what the market's doing unless they have direct information from uh, brokers or uh, uh, other sources, uh, which they can uh, have the information. But I'm sure that they, the public companies are very transparent and they can inform all the shareholders on, on what's happening and the improvements or deteriorations in the market. Uh, 
If an investor takes the view that the crude market will be the first one to run, then they should follow really the crude tanker companies and then decide whether to invest in product tankers as well. But I'm not so sure that this will happen this time. Um, we have, we, it remains to be seen. Okay, gotcha. Um, and one final question in terms of, I guess, the chartering strategy. Um, Pixis has employed a mixed chartering strategy from the beginning. Um, and as we move into 22 and 23, and let's say the markets do recover, um, do you still feel that you would employ a mixed charting strategy or would you go all spot? Yes, uh, it's a good question, James, and very fair. Always we had a mixed uh, uh, charting strategy. Uh, you know, uh, uh, visible cash flows for us is, was very, and is very important. Of course, we're a bit hesitant to fix vessels at these uh, market conditions because uh, time charters now are really low. Therefore, uh, we have more uh, vessels in the spot market, um, really anticipating the improvement of the market, considering also seasonality, which is kicking in as we discussed earlier. So definitely the model is 50-50 going forward, but now, unfortunately, we're not at 50-50, we're less than 50 uh, time charter, uh, because we are not comfortable in fixing vessels at uh, longer periods uh, in this environment. Excellent. Okay, thank you for that color, Eddie. Um, I think those are all the questions we have. Um, I'll turn this over to you, Nick. Thank you, James. Thank you. Okay. Um, so without any other further questions, I'd like to thank Eddie uh, for joining us. James, uh, thank you. It's been and a pleasure. I thank all our uh, attendees and participants. I hope that this webinar was informative and you know all your questions were answered. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm really hoping that our shareholders and our investors are um, um, really hanging in there. It's been a difficult. It has been a very difficult uh, year. Um, I realize that. Uh, but there's nothing we can do. The, uh, our industry is very much related to what is happening uh, in the COVID front. And unless that situation is uh, cleared, I cannot give any comfort uh, to shareholders as to the uh, reaction of the market and to our share price. So Nick, I'll turn it over to you for our closing remarks. I just wanted to thank you very much. This is always extremely informative to have uh, people like yourselves who are deep in the industry, uh, you know, share their insight. Uh, um, so thank you, James, for uh, moderating this discussion. Thank you, of course, Eddie, for your insight. And uh, we look forward. Uh, I, I, I can, I, I hope I can say to better days. Um, well, we're forecasting better days. So the better days will come. The thing is when, and uh, you know, <laughs> definitely they will come. The the problem is the timing. The always. problem is the timing. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so thank you very much to both thank of you. you. And uh, uh, by the way, this uh, discussion will also be available on demand. Uh, on, on YouTube, on the Capitaling website. And, uh, and again, uh, thank you, James, and thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you for hosting us. James, thank you very much. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you.